Welcome to Crosstown Cardboard, a sports card podcast with two collectors from opposite sides of New York City. Craig and Carmine share sports card stories from the perspective of a teacher and broadcaster. This is Crosstown Cardboard. Welcome to episode 17 of Crosstown Cardboard with my good friend, both with and without cardboard, Craig at New York City Sports Cards, a teacher in the great city of New York City, as you could tell by the title of his Instagram, and me at Carmine's Cards, grew up on the opposite side of New York City from Craig, the uh, broadcaster of news and sports. And Craig, today's episode, which I can't believe we're on episode 17 already, is called The Payoff of Patience. And I wore this butterfly shirt today, if you're watching on YouTube, because how about the patience of the butterfly in that cocoon as a caterpillar and then becoming the butterfly, the evolution into something greater because of the patience that was packed along the way. So... If you haven't liked and subscribed to us or left a comment or told a friend or participated on our podcast uh, using a rating, please do that. Uh, We're just trying to spread some pump the positivity in the hobby and uh, just make some friends and continue this escape and this network and bring some smiles and talk about our nostalgic youth and all that great stuff. So, Craig, before we get into the payoff of patience and a couple deals we recently had that exhibit those qualities how are you tonight i'm doing great i love your shirt you look like a prism parallel and i wouldn't (laughs) and i wouldn't have it any other way Um, yeah thank you thank you things are going great and patience in the hobby is something we're going to talk about which i have to admit uh i'm a little hypocritical talking about patience in the hobby because i i'm the listen talking about new york you know fast-paced city I'm that guy. If my train is more than five minutes away, I'm like, I ain't got time for this. I'm the fastest walker on the sidewalk. You know, I I like to be where I got to be. But when it comes to the hobby and cards, I've learned to be patient. And I think Mm -hmm. that has paid dividends. Um, Patience in both the short and long term. And I think we both have a couple of examples to explain what we mean as to why it's important to practice patience in the hobby. Yeah. And by no means are we saying it's easy. To practice that patience because everything's at your fingertips these days on the phone you're multitasking you know you have all these streaming services you can watch whatever you want it's hard to practice that patience and so we're like you said a little bit hypocritical because it's so difficult but just some tips that we've learned that have helped us and how patience has benefited us in our card journey Yeah, before we get into the examples, I guess as a teaser to stay till the end of the episode, I have a couple really nice, genuine hobby stories from the past week to share that we'll we'll get into after we talk about this. But patience, Uh, just last week, I was at Bleaker Trade Night. Always an amazing time. Like every time I go, I say I'm just hanging out with my people, friends. I was hanging out with this guy who was there from uh, Milan, Italy. Who was at Bleaker wow. Trading? I was showing him around, introducing him to people. He actually works for Tops and Panini. He does some content for them. And he was over here learning a little bit more about soccer cards. But I say all that to say, yeah, I was hanging out with my friends there, but came to do some business too. And I had this Cristiano Ronaldo from 2021 Chronicles. It was a match worn three color patch, a gold oh. powder, 
a gold parallel yeah. and a PSA 9. It was a card that I bought raw and I graded. Uh, PSA 9 on a memorabilia and match worn is pretty solid, but I'm not really Ronaldo guy. I, mm. I respect everything he's done, but he's just not a player that I collect. The same way that I know people who Messi doesn't move the needle for them. And I can't understand it, but it's almost like with athletes, it's a preference, personal, personal opinion. But I had this Ronaldo card. I bought it for 400 raw. Took me, uh, cost me 100 to grade it. So I'm into this card for 500. I've had it for about three, four months. And when I hit the point that I didn't want it anymore, I'm like, okay, well, I got to sell or trade this. And I couldn't quite get the value that I thought it was worth. I'm into it for 500. I said, I've seen other comps, nothing like this. I know the value. I know I can get more than 500 out of this. I was getting eBay offers for 250. People were saying they can give me like 300 trade value. But I said, you know what? I'm not going to rush into a deal. Let me, let me be patient. This isn't a card that I need to move this minute. So I'm going to wait until, and I'm going to trust my gut and wait till the right opportunity comes along. And with a unique card like that, you know, the value really is up for interpretation. And while I was at Bleecker, I found uh, the store actually, Cards and Coffee. They valued the card at 775. So I sold it to them at X number of comps, which netted me 600. So ultimately, I had some money to play around with that night. And I waited on it. I was patient. And then I sold the card. I made 100 bucks. And it really wasn't necessarily just about the flip, although it's nice to make a little extra on top. Yeah. But I trusted my gut. I knew it was something that I no longer really wanted. So I'm like, okay, let me get rid of this card now. So I waited and I got the value that I want out of it ultimately. Nice. And a 20% profit. I mean, especially in the time Matt, since you got the card. Matt, thank you for that. Th thank you, the, our math teacher. Yeah. And so in the time that you got that card, the market has definitely not gone up, you know, and especially on soccer cards, probably. Yeah. I mean, you'd be the expert, but you know, since the world cup is over. So to make 20% during a time when who knows, you know, what you might've been able to lose during that time. So to profit 20% and then move it into something else, potentially that's, that's pretty good. Yep. Great to have cash on hand too. Just, you never know when you go, you're going to go to a show or a shop. So that freed up a little bit of cash for me to play with and I don't miss it. You always tell me, that, how do you feel about a card after you buy it like a few days or a week after? And I definitely don't miss the card at all. So I made the right move. So did you do the opposite of being patient and blow that money at the same trade night? No, I, I spent $20 okay. total that night. Oh, nice. On a Giovanni okay. Reyna 2020 Merlin gold refractor in an SGC 8.5 from 908 Collectibles. Local soccer card guy here. Good dude. Jack, I hope I'm getting that name right. Okay. So will this money be burning a hole in your pocket similar to what the last amount of money you had to spend on the Muhammad Ali did? Well, when when I set up at shows and I have cash afterwards, me and my wife have a little tradition where – I say tradition. It's happened the last two times. So we'll call it a tradition. We go, we yeah, get sushi. Yeah. I take some cash from the show, and I get us a sushi dinner. So I did take some of the winnings and uh, – Got a few little things from the local card shop, but I treated my wife to a nice dinner as well. Hey. That's what we got to do. They support us in this hobby, so it's the least we can do. Good point. And that goes back to a couple episodes ago, the value of human capital. And that's one of the most Jack. important humans in your life. 908 Collectibles, I got the name right. Jack. Shout out, Jack. Good dude. Sorry to interrupt you. Jack. No, no. 100%. You got to give credit where credit is due. 
So, Craig, I had another example of the payoff of patience. So you remember November 12th, I was at the San Francisco card show. And it's hard to believe that was two and a half months ago now. Great video. Check out that video on YouTube if you have not. Yeah, the vlog. And oh, it's our mind crushed it. That thanks, bro. That was our most watched video so far, easily, because people, I guess, love the wheeling and dealing and seeing you in the real atmosphere of the card show. So if you watch that video, you would have seen this deal go down when I got the Kevin Durant flawless on-card auto game used patch numbered out of 15, three-color patch from the Oklahoma City Thunder Days, beautiful card from my buddy Ricky Fong. And uh, he's on Instagram, Ricky Fong, that's P-H-U-O-N-G-0-1 on Instagram, 4,500 followers. And there's no secret why. Unbelievable collection and a great guy. Right. Yeah. So back then, I traded a LeBron standing O rookie, SGC 9-5, a LeBron game used jersey card, an Akeem Elijah Wan 1986 Fleer rookie PSA 8, and 1100 in cash. So it was around a $1,500 value. And that was two and a half months ago, like I said. And I was doing the similar thing that you did with the Ronaldo, like putting it out there, seeing what offers came my way. And I wanted a 2K value on it because the last one out of 25 went for 1500 And so I thought this one being out of 15, 2K would be a fair value, $500 more. Not, not out of question. Yeah, and so there are different flawless game-used patch autos from Kevin Durant, different teams, different years. So it's kind of like you said, with a rarer card, it's up to uh, up for interpretation. And then I got this great negotiation going with both of our buddies, Steve from Adam. Yes, at Splendas underscore sports underscore cards. And once he said that he had done a couple deals with you before, I was like, ah. Oh, then this guy's probably great because that's my guy. Yeah. Cause you're a great evaluation of character. And I know somebody you've done multiple deals with will probably be a good person that I'd like to do a deal with and will not kind. leave me on red, which is mm. a key. You're too kind for the compliment. Yeah. Well, I mean, we know what we think about each other, which is why we're doing <laughs> our podcast. <laughs> so anyway, so we got into this negotiation. I saw it. He really wanted the card for his PC and I was willing to have my patience because I really liked that card. And so I had no problem holding on to it for a little bit longer until I got a good offer that I felt like I can part with it. So we ended up agreeing on 1200 in cash, which I checked with him that I could talk about this. 1200 in cash plus four different cards, a Dr. J Ultimate Collection Auto PSA 9 which I'll be pulling up on the Crosstown Cardboard YouTube as well. Uh, Larry Bird Flawless Auto, numbered out of 25. Right up your alley. BGS 8.5, yes. There and then are. the other guy who's right up my alley, this Magic Johnson Flawless College, mm. but still pretty cool, on-card auto again, numbered out of 25, PSA 8. And I thought this card, I've kind of been looking at this card for a while, the uh, iconic yeah. LeBron oh, Jinx. 2008. Tops Chrome Chalk Toss and a PSA nine, so I got those four cards and twelve hundred dollars. So it ended up being like a nineteen hundred fifty dollar value, twelve hundred in cash, plus seven fifty in cards. Nice. And I was into it for thirteen fifty from my eleven hundred in cash 
and my partial trade. So in a way, I now have 600 extra value, but I probably won't sell the cards for exact comps. So let's say it might amount to like a $500 profit in the end. And uh, I got to hold on to that KD for a while. You enjoyed it. It's part of the experience. I enjoyed, it. I enjoyed it. Part of the experience. I shared it in our vlog, the San Francisco card show. I shared it in our podcast. I got to look at it and be like, wow, what a freaking cool card. And I got to move it into somebody else who's a collector and their PC. So like, that's really cool too. And then I, like you said, making a few extra bucks and I got some cards of like Larry Bird, my favorite guy. So it ended up being great all around. And it was the payoff of that patience of fielding some offers across that two and a half month period. But same thing you did with your Ronaldo, not settling until you got something where you're like, okay, this feels good all the way around. Both people feel good about it. And now I've hit the threshold where I can part with this card. When you were talking about how you had it for a while, enjoyed it, and then passed it on to someone else, it reminded me of being in kindergarten when you'd have a class pet. I don't know if your school had that too, but we had like a, a class guinea pig that you would have, I don't know, for a week, and then the next person has it for a week. Oh, so you owned it for like a week, or yeah. I guess kind of owned it. Low-key, yeah. like good way to teach kindergartners how to own pets. Yeah. I mean, that's that's good. You give somebody ownership over something, and you know with your card club, then it's like empowering it's like oh this is mine now okay. and then you can appreciate it for a while and you let it go our buddy mikey's cards one of the best flippers in the game and he calls himself a flipper that's why i use that term too but he's no also shame. a collector no shame in his game no no shame i mean hey you know our buddy ken at sports card lessons had a great recent podcast episode talking about collector flipper or both and you're mainly a collector I'm kind of like more on the flipper area, but I also collect. And eventually you have to sell some stuff to move into other cards that you want or free up some cash or whatever is your plan at the time. And Mikey's cards always talks about the beauty of appreciating the card when you have it. And then his ability, which I never thought of before he said it, of moving a card that somebody else really, really likes and is possibly going to be in their PC being the person to facilitate that move and get them something that they really enjoy. Ooh, so that, yeah. that is an amazing segue into what happened to me today. Oh, let's go. Here we go. Uh, little, little tease. I have to make one last point and then I'll get to that story. But okay. because, because we both talked about practicing patience in let's call it a two to three to four month period. I also want to emphasize patience in the hobby in the long run. But if you're relatively new to this, perhaps you don't maybe can't see like uh, ahead. But, you know, I always like to rewind to 10, 15 years ago. What was I seeing in the hobby then that I should have been picking up that now would have been you know worth a little more within uh, the things that I like to collect? So I'm always looking at it from a long term perspective as well. So um, what did you what did you notice? I'm Now you've teased me in a different way. What did you maybe notice back then that changed your collecting style? And now you've seen it come to fruition 10 years later. Just the stuff you don't see a lot. Okay. I, I go back to Michael Jordan autographs, game use patches, low numbered refractors. Like if you could be getting LeBron, I remember Topps Chrome Basketball, the 2008, 2009 years, the red refractor was out of five. I'm pretty sure I have that right. Imagine a LeBron Topps Chrome red refractor out of five. 
So that's why when I'm picking up these cards like Holland and Messi, I'm looking for the low numbered stuff and the brands and the sets that we all know. But the problem with this generation is I see this every day and you see it with sports card content is everything is like flip, boom, make a move, buy it and sell it. And I see it with my kids that I teach. They all want instant gratification and the simple way to yep. put it. And there's nothing wrong with it, right? There's people who hustle out there, people who do day trading. They love just to make the money, uh, but they love fast money. Yeah. I have a student in my first school who was in a gang. The gang was called Fast Money. I don't know if I should be sharing that, but whatever. It's all good. It's all in good fun. He was a sweet kid and an incredible basketball player. But that's besides the point. Yeah. And, and, hey, listen, fast money sometimes doesn't last money. Mm-hmm. Wow. Put you know that I mean? on a t-shirt. So, yeah. but you know, everyone's got a different role. Some people do like the flip and want to just boom, get in, get out on something. But talking about patience, have the patience to understand that if you plan to be in this for five to 10, 20 years, some of the moves that you make now, some of the cards you pick up could be longer term plays. Just, just patience, just, just be patient and, and wait on it. Let time do its thing. Yeah. And I think just kind of diving a little bit more into that point, you have some cards that you want to be patient with and then some cards sure. that you might not want to be as patient with. Like, we have cards that are more so for an investment reason, like this Tiger Woods rookie auto behind me, the BGS 9.5. And I have a Jack Nicholas true rookie PSA 8 that are cards I want to be patient with. So it's almost like on the basketball court, you know, you have your three-pointer, your quick sales, your inventory, stuff that you might want to flip. But then... You might have your inside game, your easy looks, your your layups, or you know the the more reliable part that you know is something that you can invest in in the playoffs when the market's down and the times are tough. What can you lean on? Those more dependable plays that you're okay being more patient with. So I think almost like how you want to vary your game if you're playing a sport, you might want to vary your game in the cards that you have long term in the cards that you have shorter term. And so be smart where you want to pack your patience, you know, and, and a little bit of variation so you can stay active a little bit more, scratch that itch, but then at the same time, have a good foundation of dumping it into your big man for the sky hook, you know, <laughs> instead of, instead of depending on the three pointer all the time. You're so you're comparing th a three point basket to a quick flip and you're comparing a layup yeah. to a long-term investment in a card it's yeah. a stretch. It's a stretch, but I'll, I'll go with it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. But you, you got to have skin in the game, right? So you yeah. know what? When was the last time you clicked buy it now on an eBay item? Uh, when I bought your Christmas present. Right. Love it. So it's always well, people have it priced too high or there's best offers. So you try to negotiate. Uh, this yeah. is one of the first times in a long time that I just clicked buy it now. Well, actually, I offered first then realized that the buy it now price was good. So I just smashed buy it now. Nothing crazy, yeah. but um, this is a, well, a see-through actually looks really cool. <laughs> yeah, on YouTube, it's see-through. Oh my God, I can't get this right. But a, <laughs> if you're watching it's not this. Work. It looks like Michael oh. Jordan. If you're watching on the YouTube, it looks like Craig's 1986 Fleer Jordan. That is hilarious. It's a patch inside this Jason Tatum card. Boom, there you go. So it's a, it's a Jason Tatum National Treasures rookie year dual jersey. Um, 
numbered out of 99. And this isn't a card that I'm looking at like, yeah, this is one that I'm going to hold on forever. But I do hope to be setting up at shows sometime the next few months, definitely the summer. So in my head, I said, well, I'm, I'm going to need cards to set up with. Or when I go to national, you need inventory, right? So right. I'm just picking up stuff that, you know, Jason Tatum is, I would say, relatively low risk. It's national treasures. It's first year. It's a dual jersey. And for $75 is what it came out to after tax and everything. This feels like something I could, at the very least, will hold my value over time. And you never know when I'm in a situation. Maybe when we're at national, if I still have this, I'll have an opportunity to move it. But not everything you pick up has got to be for the long term. It's good to just have inventory with you. Yeah, and that's a good pickup, you know, because thinking about and I've thought about this ever since our buddy Rob, the sports card therapist, picked up his John Morant and Jason Tatum mm. National Treasures RPAs, Patience. which are big boy, big boy cards. Patience. Patience. And so he he actually flipped those quick, though. I mean, he had patience probably before buying them of what is he going to play the cycles with. And when the NBA was kind of in that low period right around this February, when the NFL or, or January, February, when the NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl is on everybody's mind, he picked up those National Treasures RPAs uh, of two young guns. And then when the playoff increase happened, moved them and, yeah. and catapulted into his LeBron rookie auto that he now has. So the patience of waiting for the right time to strike, too you know, of waiting for those great deals as Warren Buffett always talks about. He doesn't need to invest in everything. He just picks the the one winner out of his long list of potentials and puts money in that thing. So yep. the patience of when you're going to buy also, you know, not just when you're going to sell. Yeah. No, shout out to Rob to give a little context. It was last season, I think. Yeah. Yep. Or maybe two seasons ago. No, I, was, I think I'm pretty sure it was last season. We'll have to back check that. But um John Morant and Jason Tatum, he had like two high-end national treasures, RPAs, and he bought them, like you said, around this time and knew he was going to sell them, but waited, waited a few months for the right time. But you do see a lot of people out there, like on Instagram, they buy something, boom, instantly try to sell it. But if you have a plan, you stay patient and you know you want to move something. In Rob's case, it worked out quite well for him. That was a savvy move. Shout out to Rob. Yeah, and I think he almost doubled his money on that, which he's talked about. You know, this isn't new information that we're sharing, but um, on his own podcast. And whew, that was that was quite the move. And I'd be interested to see if he would do that again, not knowing what the outcome would be. Maybe we'll have to ask him mm. because, you know, that was a risky move to to put your money into somewhat unproven guys. But like you said, I mean, like you put your money into Jason Tatum with that National Treasures jersey card, guys who are somewhat proven and definitely at that all-star NBA, all-NBA level that have more room to grow even. Like Giannis almost. I mean, yeah, his career is not cemented, but he's in a great place. I mean, championship, MVPs, Tatum and, and Morant aren't quite there, but still room to grow. It's funny if you go back to the draft class from every previous year, all the way back to 2003, you can even go earlier than that, and how many guys from each draft class become – all-time, all-time greats. Let's say, oh, for the sake yeah. of this podcast, podcast hobby relevant. It's not many. It's no. really not many. Per So my, my bottom threshold for basketball players today I'll buy is Tatum, Luka, Ja, Giannis. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 
that that's pretty much it. That's like the bottom bottom. But can I tell my story? Great story. Yes, please, please. Can't wait. So I was a I grew up a big Mets fan. Went to tons of games in the nineties. I was born ninety two. So I was at the Subway Series in two thousand, and we had a lefty pitcher, John Franco, boom, Southpaw, who was our, one of our relief pitchers. If you're a Mets fan, you'll appreciate this. But I was coaching soccer today. Uh, downtown Manhattan, and I, I go to get a ball by the fence, and I see a man walking his dog with his wife, and I'm like, that's definitely John Franco, the former Mets reliever. So he's walking around. I'm like, John Franco? He looked at me. I'm like, I spent my whole childhood watching you, and he turned to his wife and laughed. So I'm like, I got to get a card. I got to get a card now. I got to get something. So I did a little bit of research. I asked the hobby community on Instagram, what's the best John Franco card that I could find because not only was one of my favorite Mets growing up, I just ran into him and I actually found out his dog that he was walking is a Cavapoo named Teddy. I also have a Cavapoo named Teddy. Oh my gosh. And me and me and my friend Brandon met John Franco back in 2015 when the Mets won the world series. So if you're on YouTube, we'll get you that picture as well. So, so he was a nineties pitcher. So, okay. What am I looking for? Think nineties inserts immediately. What comes to mind? PMG. Close. Uh, Jambalaya. Further. Numbered out of 50 is your hint. I'm not sure. What is it? Skybox Star Rubies. So that was the best card that they had, which is numbered out of 50. 1999 Skybox Star Rubies. So on Instagram, I said, what's the best card I can get? My boy, Danny H. Okay. The modest card collector on Instagram immediately reached out. My guy, Danny was the plug. So he's like, let me reach out to a friend. By the way, this all happened today. Let me reach out to a friend. Okay, nice. He got back to me within an hour or two and he was able to middleman the deal. And I have a John Franco star rubies coming my way for 90 bucks, which was the last, which was the last sold price a couple months ago. And this all happens within the last five to six hours. That's crazy. Amazing. Good for you. So now, now I'll have this John Franco Star Rubies card. And every time I look at that, I will think watching him play and I will think running into him as I'm coaching soccer, him walking his, uh, his teddy with his wife. That's I gotta, insane that you have the same dog with the same name as this Mets pitcher. As insane, I was able to get my hands. Bro, a Star Rubies is numbered out of 50, a 90s insert. I was able to get one. Thanks to the hobby love and the modest card collector, Danny, I was able to get my hands on a John Franco Star Rubies within hours. It was remarkable. Yeah. Wow. Well, that, that partially speaks to your reach and the connections that you built up. Networking. To, Networking. Yeah. I mean, that's that's great. So now... Are you going to pack this uh, John Franco card in your soccer bag just in case you ever see him again? This is why we're friends. You read my mind. I was already thinking about this. <laughs> I, I found him on Instagram and I actually thought about him. Like, I reach out to him. Like, John, I mean, you obviously live around there. You yeah. walk your dog. I'm here every Monday at this time. And yeah. I contemplated, I'm like, maybe I'll have him sign it. And Danny immediately was like, I don't know if you want to sign the, the, the front of a Star Rubies. He's kind of right, but regardless, yeah. I'll see him again. And yeah, well, I mean, if you're you're not going to sell that card, probably. So never, I mean, never. 
that would be a pretty sweet, in my opinion, a pretty sweet way to take that card and that connection full circle. If you had him sign it and then took a picture with him, with him, with the card, it's not, it's not the most far-fetched thing possible, but regardless, just to have the card, have a great memory tied to it. Uh, I'll remember having the card and now us talking about it. And that's the collecting side of cards that I love that I've talked about before the stories that you can create through a little piece of paper. That's spectacular. And how about your patience all the way from the year 2000 until now? I mean, you know, it's the memory patience, but I mean, the deal was, was the opposite of patience. You acted on it quick and sealed the deal fast. So now technically the card hasn't, hasn't been paid for yet. So I feel, I'll feel real silly if I end up not getting it, but it sounds like it's pretty much a done deal at this point. That's awesome, bro. Good for you. And so here's another aspect of patience. So we've talked about the patience with buying, the patience with selling and waiting for the right offer and buying and waiting for the right offer. How about the patience with some of the headaches in the hobby? I mean, I know we don't really like to talk about the negative very often, but it's the honest points of what has happened in my journey recently, which is the patience of dealing with this now Larry Bird on-card auto, game-used patch, one-of-one. So sorry. That I had to open a Venmo claim with. Uh, Thankfully, I paid goods and services, as I've mentioned in the past couple episodes. So it's an unfortunate part of the hobby. It doesn't happen often, but it did happen in this case. And uh, so I'm trying to be patient with the process and really patient with the feeling of you know, my trust being broken in this one person, Um, which when everything's said and done, I've tried to figure out how to alert other people to this scam. Cause the last thing I want is for other people to be soured on the hobby or, you know, possibly pay not goods and services and have their money taken from them. So hopefully this situation gets worked out and it was a shame that it happened, but I'm trying to have patience to not, get angry or too frustrated or, you know, really upset. And then the eBay situation with my Dak Prescott contenders, rookie ticket auto BGS nine five, which we thought was a great decision. You gave the great advice to set it up to sell right as the 49ers and Cowboys game ended. And it went for six ten. I was into it for five fifty, So I was going to take a small loss, but small sell health. it at a, at a good time, you know, as good as it can be. After, after that situation and the egg that Dallas ended up laying and Dak didn't play well. And as you thought might happen, the buyer didn't pay on eBay. So I reported the buyer. I, uh, you know, you said that it was unpaid. You showed them. I guess, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it happens. Look, like yeah, life, so life, life, life has up and downs. Yep, in, yep. in real talk, right? There's good and there's bad. But same with the hobby. Right now, you had a couple of tough incidents. I'm sure everyone has their moments in the hobby where maybe they get scammed. Maybe they buy a card that loses value. Stay positive. And good juju's coming your way. It has to. It's got to even out. So my guess is you're going to have an incredible Burbank show. I hope so. You're going to. It's inevitable. Yeah, I'm excited. I've been picking up some... Uh... Kobe cards for the Burbank for the LA market. 
Smart, smart. Man. Um, great pickups. I got that magic flawless patch auto that I'm going to be showing off there. Uh, I got the magic auto that I just showed in this episode. And uh, yeah, so just trying to, to practice that patience in all aspects, the buying, the selling, and the potential hobby headaches that come along once in a while, which are far outweighed by the great stories like your John Franco and the great connections like the ones with Ricky Fong and uh, Steve Splenda at Splenda Sports Cards. So it just kind of comes along with uh, with the hobby, unfortunately, once in a while. But just practicing that patience in all aspects, um, I feel like is a good good way to be overall. And another point about patience, the Cousins, shout out to Tony and Oz, the Cousins Collectibles, just recently had uh, the sports car dad on as a guest. And yeah. I think both, I forgot his name, the guest, but I think both him and Oz kind of talked about like money coming in and like you, you automatically think like, all right, what do I got to buy now? Or at the height right. of the market, it's like always in buy mode, always in buy mode. I found myself this past weekend bidding on a bunch of stuff for PWCC. And maybe a few weeks ago, thinking to myself, oh, it's a new week. Like, I got to buy something. You know, I got to buy something. But then this past week, there was just nothing I was bidding on that. I'm like, I really, really need this. So I'm not just going to buy for the sake of buying. I'm going to be patient and wait until maybe next week auction rolls around or keep my money, be patient until the next show that I go to. So not feeling like you got to buy a card right away, but just observe, see what's being sold consume content, right? There's other ways to hobby without always being in buying mode. And then when the time comes, be ready for it. Yeah, 100% agree. And I'm thinking in my head, what are some of the things to be patient when buying or patient when selling? Or sometimes you have to act quick. And so what do you go back to if you want to be patient and evaluate, is this the right card for me? If you have that itch to buy, what are some things that you go back to to make sure you're doing your due diligence on a card, but at the same time, not passing up an offer that might be a good one and might only be for a limited amount of time. Be honest, come on. I'm just relying on 20 years of experience at this point. <laughs> yeah. No, but in all seriousness, I you look at the comps, you see if the card's readily available. And we talked about this before, just that X factor. You see that card, you know, instantly up. I need this. Yeah. And sometimes it's difficult when you're trying to sell one to put your pride aside and take the offer that makes sense. Even though you say to yourself, well, could I squeeze an extra 50 bucks out of this card? Maybe, but I haven't gotten a lot of interest on it in the month and a half or whatever, how long it is that I've been trying to move it. So does this price make sense? Maybe, maybe time to, you know, like your Ronaldo, could you get, 750 without cards and coffees percentage at a bleaker trading. I mean, could you maybe, but maybe. how long would you have to wait for that? You take maybe a smaller victory that 20% roll into something else and keep having fun in the hobby. And, you know, and, and I would go back to the Mount Rushmore of whatever your foundational principles are for really liking a card and seeing you know, not deviating from those just because you might have a little extra money in your pocket. Yeah. Like you said, you know, you want to remain who you are, remain consistent to your Mount Rushmore of qualities you look for in a card, which was one of 
our favorite episodes that we keep going back to reference mm -hmm. because it's a great tool to say, here's what I like, even though this card kind of fits those principles, maybe because I have a little extra money. I'm a little more loose with what I might be willing to spend. But wait a minute, let me pack my patience. It'll pay off in the end. Do the due diligence and then pull the trigger like you did on your Muhammad Ali. I mean, that was quick due diligence. There was, a PSA, there was a PSA 2 that sold last week for $2,300. i am just like, yeah, I feel good about my price. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you brush your shoulders off. You're like, all right, the research I did was good. And with those vintage cards, you're, you're a little less worried on the price fluctuation. Uh, before we wrap it up and talk about kind of some future plans, I said I had another story, and I also told you I couldn't quite tell the whole story, but I might be doing a little bit of work for the local hobby shop here. I don't Ooh. know. I don't know. What, what can you? This is what I always say in an interview. If somebody says no comment, well, what can you tell us? Let's just say they have a, a certain quantity of cards that is my wheelhouse, and they need no. a, a little help evaluating. So you're going to be evaluating? Yeah, taking a look and uh, seeing what they got. If someone had a whole collection of bird and magic jerseys and autograph cards, I would yeah. give them to you to tell me what you think. But I also found out the guy that works at the shop is a 30-year retired DOE employee like myself. He was okay. a teacher, an assistant principal. He had, wore a bunch of different hats, has his pension, retired. Now he runs a card shop. All of a sudden, I'm seeing my life flash before my eyes. Thinking, Whoa. thinking, hmm, that's a pretty good setup. You know, be honest, I've thought about that too. So, but he put in his thirty years. He was, uh, he was patient. He was patient until he was able to capitalize on his pension, and now he's running a shop. That's pretty sweet. The payoff of patience and the pension. Payoff, pension, and Philly. Triple P. <laughs> we, we had Sam on uh, as a guest a couple weeks ago. He yes. was from Philadelphia. And we had the idea of doing a little bit of a city series to mm -hmm. highlight individuals in different cities in the hobby. So the plan is the next couple of guests will be hobbyists from Philadelphia, people who offer a whole bunch of different perspectives. So we hope to have that next week, which just absolutely impeccable timing on our part to hopefully get a Philly collector yes. on the show during Super Bowl week. The vibes will be immaculate. But from there, we'll try to get on some – we're going to go, you know, whatever cities we think are important for the hobby. So if, you, if you're a listener from another city, even uh, our guy from Istanbul, anyone's yeah. fair game, and, and you think your city has a strong presence in the hobby, let's, uh, we want to try to interview people from that city who best represent what the, the hobby culture is all about there. 100%. Well put. Well put. Because we have cross-town cardboard. All and that's really All the town. Yeah. Yes, because we're all connected in a big town of the United States, really. I mean, when you think about it, we're all united. And I didn't, you know, United States, I didn't even try to do that. But sometimes it just keeps rolling. The cross-town aspect, we have New York City covered. We want to get other cities' perspectives on the hobby, too. And, you know... I mean, those Philly fans, they're emotional. I'll tell you what, there's, there's, they, they'll be charged up, especially if we get who we think we might get. Um, you know, it's part of their Super Bowl press week. They're required to do it. Well, that should be fun, but this was good. I feel like, I feel like we had a lot of good points tonight. Yeah. We want to offer some, 
mix of entertainment and information at the same time. And, uh, and patience is always good in your daily life too, to try. And it's, and it's not, it's much easier said than done. You know, we're kind of like doing some therapy for ourselves and each other talking through this and coaching ourselves up in a way too. Um, So I've tried to be patient in preparing for the Burbank show in uh, a week and a half, two weekends from the time this airs Uh, and, and being patient in finding the right deals for like Kobe cards or any type of Lakers um, or Clippers too. And, uh, and, and being patient with those deals and patient leading up to the card show. And Um, that's it. Well, the guest next week, that's the plan. So I think we have to say go Eagles, right? I mean, we're getting all these Philly collectors on here. For now, it's go Eagles. It's like whenever I'm saying and presenting the highlights of a certain team, at that time, I'm a fan of your team. So if it's for it's if it's for the podcast, uh, I'll, I'll I'll root for the Eagles right now. Go watch Carmine's broadcasting highlights. This guy is the truth. Oh, thanks, bro. I had a recent controversy though on Twitter. It's uh, and I and I had the most clickbait title. As we're wrapping up, we can throw in a couple mentions here. I had the most clickbait title I've ever made, which was, "Did I get canceled?" Oh, I saw that. You oh, you did? You, you knew what you were doing. Yeah, I was getting the clickbait, and it's gotten like 400 likes so far and like 50 retweets on Twitter. I evaluated if this play was a travel in basketball, and uh, even the NBA ref's official Twitter tweeted back at me. So, um, yeah, so thanks for the plug there, and um, definitely clickbait. But this is not – our podcast is genuine honest. Wait, I, I love your shirt. I just want to make one more joke. Okay. I feel like I could throw a Pokeball at you and catch a Butterfree. <laughs> wow. Well, we out. That's 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 nice of you. And I'm two cards away from completing my original Pokemon collection. Oh, okay. Good luck. Thanks, bro. All right. This was a lot of fun. Good episode. Peace.